You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Everyone to another episode of RB1 Cool in the Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by Team.com. I'm feeling very musical tonight. I don't quite know why, but I will probably break into a song at some point uh, very often. I am your humble host, Pete Rogers, joined as always by Just Clark Barnes and the man, the myth, the legend, Ginger Nick. Jordan is out doing working on the ground behind the scenes, behind the scenes, field work. Uh, at on assignment the, at the Packers Monday night matchup against the 49ers, where last time I checked, neither team had a viable defense. And so just uh just it seems like a scoring onslaught over there. Are we are we live on YouTube for the first time, Pete? No. Are we able to start that out? We're not not yet. <laughs> not yet. We're gonna work on that. Okay. Little little peeling back that piano curtain. We're gonna try to be able to bring the shows live to you on YouTube so that you guys can tune in and watch us record and watch us stumble through our uh, our excellent introductions and uh, you know and you can all stare at Clark's t- giant Texans. For sweet backgrounds, I wore one of my favorite T-shirts tonight in anticipation of going live, but that's okay. I'll just wear it Monday. Doesn't matter. You you guys don't know. Is that a shrew <laughs> on a horse? No, it's an armadillo riding a horse. Okay. <laughs> a sh- yeah. Armadillo is a lot better than a shrew, Nicholas. Yeah, I yeah. can see his face. First of all, like, take it easy. Hashtag me too, Nick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Don't, no, don't see the connection there, but I'm sure there's something either. What's a derogatory name for, uh, you know, someone in a Shakespeare play? Oh, oh that's rude. Well, oh, God, Clark. That's it. Hey, a classic Clark reference, one that only he gets. One that's 300 years old and is irrelevant. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, yeah, if we start doing live shows, I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to hang. I have a big old Patriots flag that I'll have to hang up behind me so that people can understand and, and know my allegiances. Since, you know, I'm, I tend to be very, I tend to hide my, my fanboyism and I tend to, you know, not wear it literally on my sleeve or my arm. Yeah, uh, very discreet. Yeah, I'm very discreet about where where I'm from and and my sport allegiances. So, you know, it might be nice to have a little a little something on the wall if we go live to kind of show people that you know I have some. I do like the Patriots. I will say, let's get it out there because clearly this is one of those things where uh, one dumbass fan of a fan base does something stupid and everyone thinks that the whole fan base is a bunch of idiots. Uh, the guy who threw the beer on Tyreek Hill is just. Like, there's no place for that. There's no place for there's This seems to be a growing trend in sports where you throw beer on people, particularly opposing fans or opposing players, which I don't like. Not a fan of it. Yeah. And first of all, if you have already thought that everyone from Boston is trash and so that you look at this incident of like, see, well, that's that's stupid. No, no, no. Like, Pete, I know it sounds like I'm being mean, but like, but that's stupid. Like, there are shitty people everywhere. And you know what? Like. The people giving him the bird right in his face while he was 
to be frank, big dicking it to oh. those fans. Well, then, like, you big dicking it, crossing your arms, okay, and then flicking you off. Like, that's total fair and fandom. But you do take it, that's taking it too far when you throw a beer on someone. And, and again, like, that's not like the worst thing in the world, but like it's definitely a trash move. So right. come on, people. Let's let's not be so trash. Yes. The flipping off is totally fine. I don't that's that was I commend those people. But if sure. you're if you're splashing beer, you know, that's that seems a bit much. I have a couple more thoughts on this one. Oh, good. Uh, all of the people saying, like, yeah, but Tyree Kill did blah blah blah. So that's okay. It doesn't matter. Like, someone else doing something shitty doesn't negate another person's doing something shitty it's shitty to throw a beer in someone's face like that's just let's all be classy and the things that tyree kill did also not super classy those two things can't exist on the same plane and let's just not throw beer at each other right it seems it's it's like all of these you know with the whole and we're going a little political here we're getting we're getting political on the Arbor. I don't one see podcast. why not. It's our podcast. It's our podcast. So screw you guys. Um, but with the whole Kavanaugh becoming a head, you know, part of oh, the shit. We're we're doing this. We're doing super this. political. We're doing this. But there was like that wave of all these people being like, "Oh, it's not safe to be a white man, or it's not safe to be a man in America." And it's like the you know, it's like you got to teach your son how to you know, wear a camera at all times and you can't say nice things to girls. And, you know, if you're flirting, you got to watch yourself when you're flirting. It's like, no, 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 no. Just don't rape someone. Yeah, those people are idiots. Like, like, it's a very simple issue. rule. Just just don't rape them. Yeah. And then, then you're fine. Then there's no reason to be accused for anything. Just just don't sexually assault someone. It's a pretty simple thing. Just like this. Sure, Tyreek Hill might have done some horrible things in the past, which he did. And, and confess to, but don't throw beers at people. Just don't. Why not drink it? Drink the beer. Why are you wasting? It's like $15 for a beer at any sporting event. Why are you wasting that by throwing it at someone? I actually don't have an issue with someone throwing a beer on Tyreek Hill because of who he is as a person, but I'm fine being in the minority on that and, and moving on cordially. I could... We're going to dive into this, and if you don't like this, then tune into someone else's f***ing podcast. <laughs> so I understand that sentiment of this person has done this thing, so I don't mind if someone does this other shitty thing to them. And I'm not going to really lose a lot of sleep arguing that thing, but someone doing something shitty, I don't think makes it necessarily okay or clearing for you to just do some other random shitty act to them like Tyree Kill should be held accountable in our justice system which admittedly I don't have much faith in for the crappy thing that he did but that doesn't make it okay to just like throw a brick through his windshield or something like that's just that's also illegal yeah right? I, like that it's not excusing what he did i'm not sticking up for him i'm just saying like someone doing something crappy doesn't excuse you doing something crappy to that's them. fair i'm not advocating someone throw a brick through his windshield but the, a beer on the dude's face totally Granted, fine throwing a beer at someone come on not the worst thing in the world like if someone said like firing squad or beer thrown in your face right i'll take beer thrown in my face yeah <laughs> You sure. Know. I mean, if you had to pick, gun to your head, you had no, to pick firing squad or beer in the face. I guess I just don't have an issue with it. 
I don't really care. I'm like, I, yeah, maybe I would have done that if I had a couple in me. I did a camera thing. Like, my goodness, <laughs> trying to teach your kid to like wear a right. camera with them and like not really like sure. Also, and like I know this may be a very unpopular uh, opinion, but also like someone being accused now of something that they did 25 years ago, like let's not just jump to these conclusions when we really don't understand what's going on and just convict the person. Like, I'm not sticking up for him. I'm just saying like, let's just understand like, just because you don't like someone and someone makes some heinous accusation against them. Let's not all just jump on that because we just want to believe the narrative either. What kind of world are we living in where someone just accuses you of something and you're guilty? That's also a very slippery slope. Very true. I think we're almost done with the like political ranting. I just uh, feel like what we opened the show, the like, yeah, like, welcome to the real talk. We had one episode of this long time ago in the off season. We just kind of opened with real talk unknowingly. We're here. We did it. You're welcome, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I have a uh, delicious thirsty goat to back up everything that I say. So come <laughs> at me on Twitter. Let's do it. Let's do this. Uh, so there you go. There's a little real talk to start the show. Um, we have your usual schedule of things going on on a Tuesday podcast. We're going to uh, no- nominate and pick our winners for You Help No One in week six. Uh, and then we're going to obviously wrap up with a little waiver wire ads. But the, the meat of the show, we're going to do some early playoff predictions. We're going to say we're going to pick the playoff seating and schedule and the whole nine yards. Why not? Absolute playoff locks here tonight on the RB1 podcast. This is literally how the playoffs will play out. You're welcome. You guys should bet a lot of money on whatever advice we give you. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't. You'd be a fool not to. Let's be honest. A fool. I mean, unless you live in a state that has decided you're not eligible to bet on games because it's so morally reprehensible. Real talk part two. Go, Nick. As long as you're not in those states, well, then then you should bet. It's, it's It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I'm an adult man, and I can't place a dollar on a well, bet. Well, Nick, come on. Let's think about it. Other people may be too weak for this privilege, so you shouldn't have it. That's just science. It's the craziest thing. It is science. Clark is right. There's a lot of science oh, to be man. had here. I was talking politics at happy hour with uh, one of my uh, attorney friends that oh, works boy. with me at work, and so I am like ready to talk about anything <laughs> that you guys would like to talk about. I'm tuned <laughs> up and ready to go. <laughs> You guys thought you were listening to a fantasy football podcast. Woo, we will we get to that. Wrong. 30 to 45 minutes from now, we will eventually <laughs> start talking. <laughs> we eventually stumble into it. Uh, it's really, we're really more of a life podcast, life culture podcast. Let's be honest. Uh, all right. So you help no one awards for the week CX. Uh, let us just settle right into it. Cue the music. Listen to that beautiful celebratory tune for all those who have failed you miserably. And we start off with our first nominee. That is Cole Beasley, who had nine receptions for 101 yards and two touchdowns. Who I chose not to start. Oh, several rosters. And of course you would have, but I'm sorry, Pete, go ahead. That's, it's crushing. It's crushing. Uh, Jordan Howard, who I did choose to start in several of my leagues. 14 attempts for 69 yards and one fumble lost. Nice. Uh, We have Albert Wilson as our third nominee with six receptions for 155 yards and two touchdowns. Jared Goff, the quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams, 201 yards and one interception. And our final nominee for the You Helped No One Award for week six, the Jaguars defense, who gave up 40 points to the Dallas uh, 
Cowboys. Nicholas, who is I'm going with the Jags defense, who uh, did not help my attempt to get a second win in our running back <laughs> one podcast listener league. Uh, what the hell, guys? I do want to say, if you guys listened to the podcast last week or read my, uh, my running back rankings article, you would have known that I called Gurley outscoring Goff against Denver. It's fair. That's fair, especially after Denver had just given up like a bajillion yards to, uh, what was it, the Jets? Isn't that who they just played? It was just they gave up like 200 yards to Crowell. Then, of course, Gurley goes for 202. Yeah, 330 combined yards to the running backs. Good loud. Uh, Clark, who's your nominee for week six? So mine is Albert Wilson because we all heard that Ryan Tannehill wasn't going to play super late. So kudos to the Dolphins for keeping that one in-house. Uh, but as someone who's suffered through an entire season of Brock Osweiler, I immediately it was like, I put in several DFS lineups just to play the Bears because I was like, Brock Osweiler is not good at playing football and he's terrible. And then not on great plays, clearly Albert Wilson being faster and more athletic than everyone on the field, he goes off for 150 some odd yards and two touchdowns. Like, of course he helped no one because of course, everyone who has watched football in the past three years understands that Brock Osweiler is not good at football. So you got all of your dolphins out of your lineup and then Albert Wilson blew up. Yeah. So Albert Wilson helped no one. Uh, my pick is, I mentioned it while we were reading the nominees. Uh, cuts personal. Jordan, Jordan Howard back on the list, back in the nominee category does nothing i feel like jordan howard's been your boy on this segment for like a year been. and a half oh my god jordan howard and yet somehow the thing is is i don't want to forget about him or give up on him because somehow i feel like he regularly appears on this he was a regular participant last year too but always manages to finish a top 10 running back in fantasy so like i'm so hesitant to be like all right jordan howard this is it i'm giving up on you it's time to cut ties because you know, who knows? Maybe in the second half of the season, he just becomes a touchdown machine and scores a touchdown in every single game. Who says no? Um, but Jordan Howard, you you helped no one this week because everyone started you against a very tasty matchup against the Dolphins and you failed miserably. So um and I'll and I'll return to since since my British fake British accent was the announcer of the nominees, I'll return to that in order to announce our winner. Um the winner for week six, you helped no one award is drumroll, please. The Jaguars defense getting their freaking doors rocked by the Dallas Cowboys, gathering 50% of the votes on faketeams.com. Good stuff, guys. <laughs> Made the right choice. Clark is Clark is trying to pull the fact that you should just know the Jaguars are bad and that just like how we try how we changed the vote last week with Amari Cooper because you just know Amari Cooper's not getting you points. That <laughs> I said he was a start uh, on Thursday. Uh, same score for the Jaguars. He did. Yeah. But well, hey, you know that that Chicago running back situation. I think Tariq Cohen's going to blow up again this week because that He's Pat's defense good. is mighty slow and he's it very is. fast. It is. Um, yeah, it might be a chance to sell high on him after that. I would just like to point out that I finally said something nice about the Jaguars they, approximately three weeks ago, and I put the f- 
reverse kibosh on them. You totally did. You, I didn't even think about that until right now. Oh my god, Gork that finally says something nice about the Jaguars' measured. defense, and then they just suddenly fall out of good, good graces and are absolute trash. I wow. did that shit on purpose. I Gork? took my good name as a fantasy, and I'm using air quotes for you, podcast listeners, <laughs> analyst. And I knew that if I just said that the Jaguars were finally good, that that would make them terrible. So you're and, all welcome. Yeah, that was a that was a rousing success. Welcome. We oh. should we should invite Leonard Fournette onto the podcast to confront Clark if he does not end up practicing this week, which he won't. Leonard Fournette, man. Okay, this was the this was the this was a fun Twitter thing that got batted around the the Twitter sphere. Um, who would you rather have, uh, Leonard Fournette or Patrick Mahomes? Jaguars. Oh, I mean, come on. Hindsight is. 2020 and we that's, all know that the jaguars are terrible and they have been terrible so that's just mean i mean leonard Fournette has done absolutely nothing this year absolutely nothing because of this yeah. hamstring injury that somehow is taking him five years to recover from i'm not a bitter i'm not a better leonard Fournette owner or anything and so <laughs> it's kind of the the crowd that says you should never draft a running back that high is it's kind of winning here. So we have Todd Gurley and we have Ezekiel Elliott. Yes. Those guys were drafted really high and they are in offenses that are featuring the running back and those running backs are doing really good. But then you just point at all of the quarterbacks that were not taken right in their place. And wouldn't you have rather have taken a shot on them? Like, Sam Darnold, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes. Like, there's like, like a, there's, there's like a dozen guys yeah. that you would have rather have taken a shot on than some running back who, like, you hope is as good as Kareem Hunt, who went in the second or third round. Or, I mean, like, and <sighs> that and the, the running backs who are having uh, great success, uh, Borat, um, are guys who are in terrific situations. Right. <laughs> But yeah, I mean the the Cowboys were built around protecting Zeke, and uh, I mean Gurley Gurley's facing I think it's a league low like nine percent of the time he's facing yeah eight, eight man box. boxes. Gurley yeah. is facing defenses who have no fucking idea what to do constantly. It is just That's why he's being so coaching. successful. Sean McVay is amazing a, coaching. Genius. Yeah. Yes, Good thing we got Pete Carroll to go toe to toe with him. <laughs> We're going to run the ball with eight men in the box. That's the key to, to winning football games is that when teams stack the box to, to stop you, that you somehow find a way. You just, just run it. That's yeah, you, you find a way to run the ball. What if you schemed your offense into a situation where you could effectively run the ball? Like, look at – just look across the division, Pete. They're running the ball way better. Gurley had like 200 yards rushing this week. I'm done. Yes. yes. Give in to the head. Let it feel you. Welcome yeah, I'm to the podcast, to Nicholas. Uh, yeah. All we do is bitch and moan about the bad coaches in the NFL. Give me the lightning fingers, man. I'm ready. Oh, man. Okay. Well, so there you go. There's the You Help No One Award winner, the Jaguars defense, who Clark has put the kibosh on and has reverse hoops for them into absolute garbage. Well done, sir. That was a very coy and very sneaky plan that you just pulled off. Uh, let's talk about playoffs because it's never too early to talk about the NFL playoffs. And actually, when I was going through this, I was realizing that 
a lot of these a lot of these divisions are good, could have very exciting finishes. They're wide is, open. Yeah, like there are only a few where you're like, oh yes, well this certainly is going to this team's certainly going to win it. Most of them, I was like, well, it could go either way, and I think a lot of these divisions are going to be close and they're going to be battling back and forth uh, until the very bitter end. So let's start with the AFC North. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to go around. We're going to hit up each division. We're going to give our division winners. Clark went overboard and did records as well. So I quickly threw in records there too, just so I could like pretend that I also did a good job. Um, no idea what Nicholas did. Nicholas, I, got I didn't even write. Oh, God damn it, you guys are Well, I mean, my thought is if you're going to make wild, baseless predictions, you might as well like put some numbers on it. Might as well create some wild, baseless numbers. Right. We have I mean, to come people win totals so they know how to place all of their money. That's true. Exactly. That's true. This way, people can not only bet on who's going to the playoffs, but also on records. Yeah. It's, we're giving you guys a lot of different avenues to make money up. Trust um, us with your financial future. Exactly. So we'll do the division winners, then we'll give our wildcard teams, uh, and then our Super Bowl picks and Super Bowl winners. So let's start. AFC North, Clerk Burns. Start us off. Who's winning the AFC North? Uh, the winner of the AFC North uh, 2018 is the Baltimore Ravens at 10 and 6. Holy shit balls! I have the exact same thing. Baltimore Ravens winning AFC North 10 to, at record with 10 wins, six losses. I got the Bengals. It? I got the oh, Bengals well, at 10 okay. 6. Next, yeah. next question. Now, Bengals, now. Okay. Why the Bengals? Uh, let's see here. I'm looking over my notes. Basically, I think it's going to come down to victories over common opponents. Because um, they've beaten Baltimore and Cleveland. They lost to Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh tied Cleveland. Baltimore lost to Cleveland. Anyway, Cleveland seems like they might tip the scales in the Bengals' favor. Uh, so, yeah, going to the Bengals. But I do, th- I wouldn't be surprised at all if two or three teams in that division finished ten and six, if that's oh, mathematically think, possible. I think the Bengals and the and I'll, we can get into this when we do our wild card teams. I think the Bengals and Steelers are basically going to decide who goes into the playoffs in their week six uh, week seventeen matchup. Yeah, stink peak. I have the stinkers. Going in at nine, six, and one. Wow. Yeah. I I had the Bengals going in at 10 and six as well. Wow. I just feel like Nick is picking the Bengals because of an affinity for redheaded quarterbacks. Ooh, wow. that's so true. Well, I mean, we're the best quarterbacks. Everyone knows that. Clark would take that with some deep insight right there. And that's why we all picked Joe Flacco because. <laughs> I picked Joe Flacco because he's so goddamn handsome, and I am like you. I just figure that he's gonna take it. I picked the Ravens because their D is so hard. <laughs> oh. I know how much you love a hard D, Pete, and I'm not. I'm not gonna argue with that. No, you can't. It's it's, it's impossible to argue. I've well established my love for for D on this podcast. Uh the AFC South. Clark, I have your Texans winning this division. Oh yeah, I mean, so I do too at eight and eight. Yes, me too. Oh, Clark, we're on the same freaking wavelength. Yeah, I got the I got the Jags at eleven yeah. five. No, no, this is a homer pick if there ever was one. Like, I'm not going to defend my pick, so you guys go ahead. I'm going to defend your pick because I have numbers to defend my pick. Uh the first of all, AFC South is just garbage. Let's just get that out of the way. Just hot freaking garbage. Um, but what I went to was points for and points against. The Jaguars have scored 109 points and have given up 129. The Titans have scored 87, which is just, good God, Titans, get your shit together, and have given up 107. The Texans are the only team in the AFC South that have scored, like, 
that their points for and points against are at least close. It's 135 points scored, 137 points allowed. I just, that's an offense that can score. The defense, once it's coming around, I can make the narrative in my head where the Texans get hot. That offense, Deshaun Watson takes big steps forward and we're throwing and gunning through just a garbage. If the Jaguars defense is this bad, the Jaguars have no chance making the playoffs. So I don't think that the Jaguars defense is that bad. I think this is going to be a bit of an outlier, this crazy outpouring Fair. from the, the Cowboys offense. But I basically, I, I have judged the Jaguars to be the best team in the division. And uh, looking over each team's schedule, I have judged their schedule to be the easiest amongst the AFC South. So best team, easiest schedule, Jags going 11 and five. That's fair. What are you drinking over there? What are you drinking? No, no, like I see that can bobbing around. What are you drinking over there? Clark wants to get some seltzer. Get some oh, is that a is that a low carb, low carb hard, hard seltzer? I, I love White Claw. That's a it's solid delicious. Beverage. I got yeah, a yeah. solid thing going on over here. Solid beverage if you're uh, what is it uh, gluten free or you know something like that. Yeah, so no judgments yeah. here. I uh, can't so, drink beer. I think that you're right that the Jaguars defense is just effing lights out and. Uh, Look, every defense gets got sometimes, and they got got. The Cowboys have a rushing quarterback. Like, that's the most impossible thing to defend. So, like, let's not think that what the Cowboys did, a bunch of other teams are going to be able to do. But the only reason I did pick the Texans is that the Texans also have a pretty good defense, and the Texans also have an innovative quarterback with a bunch of really highly skilled offensive players. And so I wouldn't be surprised if the Texans managed to pull it out at eight and eight and if Blake Bortles managed to pull the Jaguars down to like seven and nine but Nick I gotta be honest with you I really wouldn't be surprised if the Jags defense carried them to 11 and five either so I can't argue against you too hard uh you know I'd be curious to see how many how many or it, uh rather if if Kiki QT can add like one win to the Texans schedule because he's so good. Yes. And as you mentioned last week, he brings something to the table that they just haven't had on the roster. Yeah. The running game. Yeah. With their offensive line, he's the running game. Plus so, he is. He is. Yeah. Well, plus the, well the Texans are going to become immediate favorites when they trade all of their picks for Le'Veon Bell in two weeks. So he no. didn't report today. It's Don't. happening. He's getting traded. James Conner looks has looked great. The Steelers would be idiots not to trade left. They should be listening to every freaking offer that is on the table and say, yes, please sign on the dotted line. So yeah. if we can get Andrew Brandt on the pod, Pete, if you can effort this, like, yeah, I just want to know <laughs> what is, what is the last day that Le'Veon Bell can report to get his league year? 10. That's going to be the day that week he reports. 10. Yeah. It's going to be week yeah. 10. I'm sorry. Week, Do we know 10. this already? Yeah. Okay. That's going to be what, as a petulant little brother, that would be when I reported. Right. And I feel like Le'Veon <laughs> Bell is taking that response. Why wouldn't he? Why, why wouldn't you? He's already held out so long. He's gambling on his long-term value. Why would he not hold out right. until the last possible minute? Like, So the argument I see for this week is that they're on buy and he would still get a game check. So like – that's yeah. pretty nice. I don't even I just think I think he I think seeing what happened to Earl Thomas, Earl Thomas came back because he wanted to, you know, be a part of the team whatever, instantly gets injured for the season. Like no, just don't even don't touch a football field until either you're getting paid or you're traded to a team that will pay you. 
I don't want to read my emotions too much into this, but having said that, I'm going to do exactly that. It's our podcast. The petulant move is I'm going to hold out until the very last possible minute because I'm not happy with you guys and you can go F yourselves and I'm going to do a Vincent Jackson. We could talk about this for hours, just like we could talk about politics for hours. Wait, let's. Oh, oh. okay. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I won't card. But when the trade eventually happens, then we'll talk for hours about it. Uh, Quickly, we can breeze through these next two ones. Does anyone think the AFC East is not going to get won by the Patriots or the AFC West is not going to get won by the Chiefs? Nope. Y'all want, y'all want to peak crazy? I have uh, the Pats at 13 and three and the know. Chiefs at 13 and three. I had Chiefs, I had Chiefs at 14 and two. 14 and two. Pete. Oh! So far, I haven't picked a record that no one else has picked. So clearly, I am <laughs> tuned with the power of the people that is a good host right there that is a sign of an excellent host i am so in tune with y'all think there's gonna be a tie at 14 and 2 like that's hyper aggressive and it might happen but like wow that's aggressive i just don't no it's not a tie clark wait till we get to the nfc bro oh wait i I thought y'all said the chiefs and the pats would be oh no 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 no. patriots are also going to be 13 and 3 patriots oh okay okay patriots are going to lose to the vikings that's what i think that's the game that they're going to drop I feel like both of these teams are going to drop a couple games. They, the Patriots, I could. The the Chiefs, I just the, – if you look at the Chiefs' schedule, they have – I think it's like one other game that I could like convince myself they lose. And I that's mean, the, the Chargers might bite them. You know, like they have a couple of games where like maybe, maybe. a division – maybe a division. Oh, but hold on. Like before we move away, like thank you, NFL, for that Patriots and Chiefs oh, matchup yeah. in prime time. Oh my Stop god. Giving me the Giants and the Cowboys in primetime. Give me games like that. That and was a thank you. Dope Dude. game. Don't Such a Giants, good game. I think the Giants have two more non-flexible primetime games. Why does the here? NFL care so much about the NFC East? You know, because a lot of people live in New York and it sucks. Friggin' mind-blowing. So I was reading a report last week that basically the, the Giants actually thought they were contenders. And that's why they went with Barkley, which is like, okay, maybe. What does that maybe. even mean the Giants thought they were content? Right. Like, the Giants is an organization. Like, that's not a corporation can't feel or think or do something. Like, who who are who are these Giants? This, the episode, this episode is just the three of us all yelling about random shit. And I am so here for Sports it. Sports yelling brought to you by Parks and Recreation. Brought to you by by uh, Hard Cider. Or whatever the hell. White Claw. Hard, hard sparkling. Hard sparkling. Whoa. Oh, White Claw is very just, good. Did we way. just get a White Claw sponsorship? What? What? Cue uh, the sponsorship music. Pete, do we have that? Cute. No, <laughs> uh, White Claw brought to you by Amazon. Okay, so then wild cards for the AFC. Uh, I have the Chargers sneaking in. Well, not even sneaking in. The Chargers at 11 and 5. And then the Bengals, I, like I said before, beating the Steelers in Week 17, 10 and 6 going in. And that Week 17 game is going to be lit. Yeah, so I have the I have the Chargers getting in there. Uh, I don't know why I'm betting against history of the Chargers just finding a way to completely blow it, even though they look great. I've got the Chargers as the first wild card at 10 and 6. And I've got the Steakers uh, sticking with the spelling error at 9, 6, and 1 as the second wild card. I thought you were doing this as like some slight to the Steelers, not that it was just like a, a spelling error. No, I just did this quickly while it works. So that's fair. Really haberdashed job. 
So I've got uh, I've got the Chargers miraculously making the playoffs at twelve and four. Twelve and four, sneaking in. I, I mean, they got. I mean, I just. What I mean, it's like they always find a way to tank. They really do. <laughs> so that's what I mean by sneaking. Uh, but it, fair call out, Clark. Um, and the other, the other, uh, the sixth seed goes to the Steelers at ten five and one. I think they'll win the Baltimore rematch just because odds. And uh, their tie against Baltimore's loss to Cleveland, I think, will end up being the tiebreaker. Oh, what sweet justice for that league. Like, that is one of my favorite divisions in football, even though I don't care about any of those teams. Like, that division, even with the Browns, is so much fun. And the Browns Browns are going to be good for years to come. It's going to be all four teams are going to just be walloping each other for the next. The Browns are going to be almost good because Hugh Jackson's a colossal moron well once he'll also the browns, him out of the playoffs once the browns fire hugh jackson i am very excited for the browns baker mayfield looks good he's a rookie he's got a lot of things to make up for but god you know with nick chubb and david and joku and, well, and that defense harvest landry and the defense and the pass rush like can we get some duke johnson just a little bit oh and duke johnson just being like a like you're saying like an an afterthought player like the Browns could be so good. So let's fire them. Whoever is uh, shining McVay's shoes right now, right. let's get them over to the Browns, <laughs> and then let's let's make this thing happen. Perfect. We've we've solved it. We've now turned the Brown the, the Browns into perennial contenders. We got to keep the Goodwill Hunting coaching situation going. Yeah, got to keep that going. Quick recap, yep. Clark. Give us all of your teams going to the playoffs out of the AFC and AFC, AFC East AFC. winners. Pats at thirteen and three. AFC West Chiefs at 13 and 3, AFC South Texans at 8 and 8, Ugh. AFC North Ravens at 10 and 6, Wild Card 1 Chargers at 10 and 6, Wild Card 2 The Steakers at 9 6 and 1. Perfect. I have uh Ravens at 10 and 6 coming out of the AFC North, Texans 8 and 8, Patriots 13 and 3, Chiefs 14 and 2, and then in the Wild Card teams Chargers 1 uh Chargers 11 and 5 and Bengals 10 and Six. Okay. I've got uh, AFC East, Patriots 13 and 3, AFC North, Bengals 10 and 6, AFC South, Jaguars 11 and 5, AFC West, Chiefs 14 and 2, wildcard spot number one, Chargers 12 and 4, wildcard spot number two, Steelers 10, 5 and 1. Also, a bit of side news. I threw out a trade offer today in Half Point PPR League. I offered Ezekiel Elliott straight up for Melvin Gordon, just got rejected. Wow. And you should have. Of course, several weeks ago, before we knew overwhelmingly what we know now, well then, yeah, maybe someone could have said Ezekiel Elliott is going to be better than the second leading touchdown scorer in the league. But now, like, come on, come the fuck on, man. Like, come on. Let's, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Uh, especially I since, mean, but I just, it's in my nature. Yeah. Uh, the NFC, let's move on to <laughs> them. The NFC is a lot tougher. I had a lot more trouble figuring out the NFC. Um, let's start with let's start with the division that we know how it's going to pan out. The NFC West, anyone picking the Rams to lose that? That would be preposterous. No, I've got the Rams at 15 and 1, Pete. I have Rams at 15 Ooh. and 1 as well. And they Wow. Yeah. I got the Rams. I think I was going to make a Seahawks joke there. Uh, I got the Rams at 13 and 3 just cuz they've got a pretty You've got a pretty easy split between like really easy teams and then pretty legit teams. And I just think that that odds will 
make them lose yeah. a couple. But, you know, Cooper Cup's hurt now. We'll see. I don't know. I think that's the smart money is, like, they're probably going to lose a couple of games. Like, it's really weird when a team wins 15 games. So, like, that's a that's an extreme outlier. So, I think, like, it's not horribly conservative or stupid to call them, like, 14-2 and two or 13-3. and three. So, yeah, but, I mean, like, but we do have the Rams as the number one seed in the NFC, right? Like, everyone oh, God, agrees yeah. with that. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. No, they're the best team in the NFL. Clark, if you if you if you guys are right about this fifteen and one thing, I, I believe like one or two weeks ago you told the listeners to add John Kelly. That could yeah. be big time late in the I season. Mean, also, Malcolm Brown, go add him too. And and the the Malcolm Brown thing is the only thing that gives me pause. But but the idea behind that, and thank you Nick for bringing it up, is like there are only a couple of running back spots in the NFL where if guy a goes down, then guy B is going to be a league winner. So if you have like seven or eight bench spots, you're going to start Keelan Cole. You're going to start like, I don't know, tons of guys that you can come up with. Yeah. Throw John Kelly on there. So I just added Rod Smith last week when reports came out that Zeke's got a knee that he's nursing. I feel like Rod Smith isn't a real person, and that's a made-up name. <laughs> that's like a sure. CIA name. I also, is, just, he, I also just like how we've spent the last five to ten minutes just hating on everything that Nick has come up with. And Nick, is in turn, has been like, Clark, remember that great call that you made <laughs> last podcast? I just want to bring it up and really give you the props that you deserve. <laughs> Nick's just killing it. Just, Just really showing us all up. <laughs> Really being a great guy. All right, so we all agreed the Rams are winning the uh, uh, NFC West. So let's Running move away. Yeah, I mean, come on. There's n- no, there's There's no competition. So- I felt like 15 and one was rude. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I only did it because I was like, all right, I can't have them winning 16 games because that that record needs to stay in the Patriots' hands. Um, so, anyways, that's just so you guys, in case you forgot, I am a Patriots fan. Uh, let's go to the NFC North. And my question to you guys here is, could the Bears win the NFC North? Because I really want to pick them to win it. Yes, they could. Yeah. No. No. I uh, Ultimately, I think the Vikings are going to take the division. And I have their record at 10-5-1. I think the Packs are done. I think the Packers need to not make the playoffs this year in order to get Mike McCarthy fired. It's a sacrifice in order for a greater good. I'm looking up the Vikings record. I totally spaced. They have a tie. They do. They They tied the Packers. So that's interesting because I I picked the Packers at 10-5-1 just because they've got a slightly easier schedule than the Vikings and the Bears. But uh, spoiler, I've got the Bears at 10-6 in the first wildcard spot. I and the other wild card spot is actually the Vikings because I think that they can all, if if it's mathematically possible, I think that these are these are all three uh, playoff bound teams. So I know that later on the podcast we're going to be uh, going live to oh, the Packers funny. and 49ers game. Uh, oh, it may not work, and then uh, this may be a stupid tease, but these other teams kind of suck. Like the Bears have been exposed, the Vikings have been exposed. The Packers have Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are going to win the NFC North with a nine and seven record. Um, well, they've got the tie. Um, so they, yeah, 10, 10, five and one. We'll go with that. Cause that's what I think. But I don't know. They get, they I don't take good notes. They get, they have dates with uh, San Francisco, Miami, Seattle, and Arizona. Those are four guaranteed wins. 
Like they, they've got a real easy schedule. So I, I think that they've got a great shot at, at taking the division. And yeah, they've got Rodgers. However, Kirk Cousins is the friggin' man. Kirk Cousins. He's playing well. And the way that I look at this division is they're all kind of middling teams with a bunch of weaknesses and they all have a lot of things that they could do better. And the one with the best quarterback is the Packers. So I just kind of feel like the Packers are going to win out in the division. Legit. I I know that's not the greatest analysis in the world, but like, I just feel like the team with the best quarterback is going to eventually win. So, and uh, you know, take that with a grain of salt. I didn't know that the Packers had a tie, so maybe I don't know. What so maybe yeah. don't put all of your money on on the Packers winning the division. Seventy five percent. Seventy five percent. NFC South. Uh, Nick, who's winning it? Saints twelve and four. Twelve and four. I, I have them no at ten and six. Other than that. Clean but. sweep. Saints at eleven and five. Yeah. The biggest thing is the Saints are undefeated on the road, which is pretty impressive for a team that loves their dome. That's funny, right? For a team yeah. that like, especially with the, the Drew Brees narrative where he sucks outdoors, I'm impressed. The Saints are just really good. They are. They are. And if they're and if they have their defense has a similar late season turnaround that it did last year, yeah. I feel like this is rude, and I don't mean it to be. The Saints are like the Rams in their division. Like they are just really good at a bunch of different things, and you can't stop them. And sure, their defense hasn't come up quite like we thought it would this year, but like. Could you take anyone against the Saints in a right. playoff game? Like, right. nope, I'll take my chances. They got a lot of weapons. They know how to use them. Uh, all right, so that's a sweep for the NFC South. Uh, the biggest one that I had the most difficulty with, the NFC East. Clark, give me some sort of Eagles. guidance. This. The Eagles. The Eagles. They're, they're clear. They're... The Eagles, I know they struggled early without their MVP-worthy quarterback, and they've lost everyone with legs at running back, but the Eagles are clearly the best team in the NFC East still. Uh, I, I have both the, uh, the Eagles and the Washington football team tying at nine and seven, but I think that the Eagles win the, uh, the, the head to head matchups and the common opponent situation. I had the Adrian Peterson Renaissance team at nine and seven winning the division. And I had so the Eagles same records, right? I had the Eagles. I do have the Eagles at nine and seven, so I think we're all in the same ballpark of like the NFC right. East winner is not going to be a dominator. No, kind of sucks by no means. I have the Panthers at ten and six, and the Bears at nine and seven, taking the two wild card spots, and the Eagles not making the playoffs. I have the Panthers at ten and six, but I have the Seahawks at nine and seven, taking the second Seahawks wild card in the playoffs. That is insane. I have faith in Russell Wilson. And he's he's being punished for audible. I have, I have drafted him too many times for me to change my mind now, <laughs> I and I am going down to the ship. This imagery of you like doing a, like an always sunny with a wine in a can situation with a beer in your hand that's somehow not spilling. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. That's why we need the YouTube broadcast. This is this they is do. why we need to go live. I understand. I'm working on it. I'm working I just feel like it. the Seahawks are the kind of team like. Man, they're like super embarrassing, but they kind of keep like playing it close against the Rams, and they kind of keep they are taking out wins against. They are a team it's because they have Russell Wilson. Yeah. Like Russell Wilson is mini me Aaron Rodgers, and I say that with the understanding what a compliment that is. Like mm. Russell Wilson is the kind of quarterback that can will a team to nine and seven and get into the playoffs, and then like you know get crushed. Uh. I just some better team. the the series of plays that is that are stuck in my head are are us running two consecutive plays that don't work, 
and then Russ starts audibling. It was, it was, I think it was like week three. He he audibles like three plays in a row. We had these huge chunk yardage gains, and then Pete Carroll out of nowhere calls a timeout. It's the fourth quarter with like five minutes left, and we're down two touchdowns. Right. Calls a timeout to lecture Russell Wilson, who never loses composure. Russ like throws the ball at the ground, and you can see he's pissed off. He's mm-hmm. angry, which isn't a thing. They go back out there, call the play. It's a one yard run up the middle. Like Shocker. he's 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 being punished for calling for audibling into effective play calling. I just I don't know. I'm I'm so done with Pete Carroll. I want him out of town. Tell me more, Nick. I want to hear. Let it flow through you. The hate is there, man. I accept it. Uh, Okay, so then quick, quick recap of the NFC. Uh, I have Vikings winning the North 10-5-1. Saints winning the South 10-6. The Adrian Peterson Renaissance winning the uh, East 9-7. The Rams winning the West 15-1. Panthers and Bears are your two wildcard teams. Clark, what do you have? I have the NFC East with the Eagles at nine and seven. I have the NFC West with the Rams at fifteen and one. I have the NFC North with the Packers at nine and seven. At, or sorry, nine, six, and one, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nick. I appreciate you keeping me honest. I got um, and then with the NFC South, I have the Saints at eleven and five. I have the Panthers at ten and six for the top wild card spot. And then in the second wild card spot, I have the Seahawks at nine and seven. And we have Jordan! Jordan on the podcast live from Lambeau Field. Jordan Smith, everyone. You guys are gonna have to speak up. I can't hear <laughs> in the bathroom so i saw the message and i had to download google hangouts <laughs> so jordan is I going to the bathroom everyone he had to download google hangouts and we are really excited about him reporting to us from backer stadium yes so i'm gonna <laughs> hold it up to my my head like i'm on a call right now i am Thanks to my great friends, my fabulous friends, in the first row on the 15-yard line. Yelling at all of my favorite Packer players. I am wondering why Aaron Jones is not in the goddamn game enough. And I am also wondering why they cannot play a little bit more defense. Because I need the Packer defense to score a lot of points tonight. So, Jordan, what can the Packers do in this game to do better than they are doing right now in this game today? Honestly, they just need to keep getting after C.J. Beathard. My adult child, Kenny Clark, who is one of my favorite Packer players of all time, uh, is getting after the quarterback, and that's literally what they just need to do. They need to rattle him. They need to get after him. And they need to cover Chris Godwin. I'm sorry. I mean, Marquise Goodwin, uh, one of my my track squad uh, favorite people ever because I'm addicted to people who have run track and run the ball. Yeah, I, honestly, I, I'm talking shit right now. I need to go. I need to. <laughs> That's all right, Jordan. We've Enjoy all been game. drinking and I appreciate you checking in from the Packers Live. Let's go. <laughs> Woo! Go back out. <laughs> oh, see you, dude. That was amazing. So NFL Network, if that's the kind of like cutting edge, like live interaction type broadcasting that you're looking for, my name is uh, Clark Barnes. It's at NFL Clark on Twitter. And, uh, you know, 
Yeah, that was gonzo journalism at its best. That is, I feel like Jordan did a great job. Jordan that was a great cut in. For, for being in the bathroom, uh, clearly having a few adult beverages in him, he was excellent. I mean, that's how I feel like every time we kick off the RB1 podcast and to see Jordan perform so beautifully in oh, that same state, so I'm so well. happy for him. So good. That was a real big moment for Jordan. That was a shining moment for Jordan. And like, sorry, like, period, next paragraph, like, how cool is it to go to a game at Lambeau? Like, that's on my list of things that I want to do. And like that, we talked to a guy that was, oh my God. It was, was it's, uh, I, so I went once when, when, uh, Becca and I were, her mom got like committed before we were married. So we were just dating. Um, but, uh, but it was one of the weirdest ex- fan experiences I've ever been to because it was a Patriots Packers game. And anytime the Packers did anything good, they all would just be like, Oh, that was a really good play. Well done. And I'm like, I can't hate you guys. You're so friendly. You're so nice and, and polite. And like, this is really difficult for me to get angry and aggressive at you. So would you say that it was like, uh, you know, people in other parts of the country are <laughs> not dickheads when other people do well, but in yeah. Boston, you don't know how to react to that. Maybe. Maybe that was just a, just a new thing. Just That's new why I want to go see like a Packers, I don't Colt game or something. So like that I can just enjoy the game. Like right. I don't care who wins. Like I'm gonna root for the Packers. Lambo's so awesome. happy for Jordan. Lambo's Good check-in. Green Bowl. Great check-in. Great check-in. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna recap my picks. <laughs> Sounds good. Dialing it back in. <laughs> NFC East Eagles nine and seven. They're gonna tie with Washington also nine and seven. NFC North Packers ten five and one. Uh, NFC South Saints twelve and four. NFC West Rams thirteen and three. Insultingly thirteen and three. My wild cards are bananas, and it's the the Bears and the Vikings, and it's gonna blow the whole NFC North off. basically gets into the playoffs. Yeah, except Bears for the lonely only thing that surprises me. I got the Panthers sneaking in at ten and six behind the Saints because that and that's happened. That's happened before. The NFC South is just it's so good. Yeah, like. It's so good. I battled that with that win. one. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I just, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Um, but the Bears D is too good, and I think that the offense is is starting to hit its stride. I and I think the Bears as long as those, I do too. Obviously, um, but I do believe in the Bears D. I do not believe in the Bears offense. They're starting to get I, things I going. Yeah, they got things going. I, I, it, good picks. That's why I love making picks. So we'll we'll see how it goes. Good picks for sure. Uh, quickly, yeah. Super Bowl picks. Uh, I unsurprisingly have the Patriots over the Rams. Nick, Pats and Rams, and the uh, Pats probably win. I'll pick them. Clark, for the past ten years of football, it is the safest pick that we are all picking the Patriots, and I feel like the Saints get there and come up short. So wow, the Saints beat the Rams. No, wait, what? I have the the Patriots beat the Saints. Right. So the Saints beat the Rams. I thought that, like, okay, to peel the curtain on the the onion covering the piano. Once y'all were like, oh, so I guess this happened. I was like, did I pick two people in the same conference for Super Bowl? No, funny. No, so, but actually, Patriots beat the Saints. Nailed it. Bam. I'm good. Take that. Records, though. Given the records, though, Saints likely come in uh, as the number two seed. That's true. And that makes sense. They have home field advantage. They can beat – if they beat uh, the Rams in L.A. and then you go yeah. back to New Orleans, 
The Saints, I feel like, are the only juggernaut that could possibly defeat the Rams. And I feel like the Rams laid a complete egg last year in the playoffs. So, like, yeah, they look really good in the regular season. But, like, man, they were tested against the Broncos. Right. That's fair. And sure, they beat them. But, like, I feel like this is a – what I don't like about the Rams is I don't think Jared Goff is good. I feel like their coaching staff is freaking amazing, and I feel like their quarterback is mediocre. So I feel like the Rams could like sneak one out, yeah. kind of thirty-eight to thirty-seven. Yeah, and the Saints could pull that off. I don't know. We've yeah. all been drinking, and I like making predictions. So. That's fair, dog. That's what the whole podcast was all about. I just like you, Clark. Oh, oh God, Nicholas, thanks. just this guys. This you guy. guys are great. Uh, all right, let's. Uh, so there you go. So there's our. 100% correct schedule predictions and playoff predictions. Oh, this is happening, by the this way. This is exactly what's happening. You can pick. It's up to you as to choose whose playoff is coming true. Um, but one of those three playoffs is exactly going to happen. One of mine, Clark, and Nick's. Uh, before we head out, let's quickly, quickly, because it's already very late in the evening. And for those who have made it through this much of the podcast, uh, power to you. Waiver wire ads. You can only add one person off of the waivers. Who are you adding? Nicholas, start us off. So the GOAT, Evan Silva, has been hammering the table for us to pay attention to Michael Lombardi's piece for The Athletic the other day uh, about how slow New England's defense has been. They're getting the Bears. Taylor Gabriel has caught 12 out of 12 targets in the last two games. He's Trubisky's go-to guy. Say what you want about Trubisky, but volume is king. If he's the go-to deep threat... Against a slow-ass defense, a speed merchant receiver is going to produce. Go get Taylor Gabriel. Love that pick. Clark, who you got? I don't like anybody on the waiver wire this week. <laughs> you didn't. You forgot to do this, didn't you, Clark? <laughs> this is going no. On. No, I took it. I, I, have it, I have it in my notes. You I'll share it, my it, screen with you. Oh, I love it. My note is nobody, space, dash, space, there is nobody under 25% in Yahoo leagues that I would spend a roster spot on. If you make me peek someone, Donta Foreman, but that is a homer pick. I no, like Donta Foreman. Notes. Like I looked at it. I, I like the Donta Foreman pick. I don't, don't like Achilles and running backs. Yeah, but not. you don't know. Like the <laughs> it's also just because I think if he when he comes back, there's just no one to compete with him in that backfield because everyone else has been trash. And he looked good before he got injured. And so you're you Stash him if he looks great, then you've got him on your team and you roll with him. I just history has shown that that that's fair. Buddy. There's literally been no running back that's ever come back from a torn Achilles. I Foreman's great. I loved him, but so I, so the reason I had him as my like I don't like anybody, but if Pete is mean and makes me pick someone, pick is like I'm such a terrible look, person. The Texans' offensive line is legit terrible. I don't think that it's Lamar Miller and Alfred Blue that aren't good that aren't producing behind that line. I think they're but, bad, but I think the line's also horrible. yeah, like I think they're not especially great, and they're not producing behind that shitty offensive line. Now, could I see a confluence of events from week ten to sixteen where Dante Foreman comes back and gets me sixty yards and a touchdown on kind of average? For yeah. those past six games, sure, and that's why if I live, if I had a deep bench league and I could pick them up, I would. But like, I, I seriously like I like to look at the Yahoo twenty five percent and under yeah. 
own guys. And like, I, I just did not like anybody this week. So. That's fair. That's fair. My guy is over 25% owned, but under 50. That tends to be my cutoff is 50. Uh, Chris Godwin is not going to be a target sponge because, you know, he's got to compete with Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson, OJ Howard, Cameron Brayton, all those guys. But he's scored 16 plus points in PPR three out of the five games. Um, he's still somewhat touchdown dependent, but the fact that he's scored one in all but one game so far this season. I think it's going to keep coming. I think he's someone you can grab, and he at least has got legit flex value, maybe possibly even wide receiver too. So you may say that he's not a target sponge, but is he sponge worthy? Oh, yes. Definitely sponge worthy. (laughs) Ten-year-old Seinfeld references. Oh. Thank you, everybody. Clark is just on point tonight. Generation... Uh, this podcast has been a shit show and i love it if i should show you mean awesome i mean it's fantastic this is we're either either gaining or losing oh we are gaining (laughs) we are a hundred percent gaining if Uh, you're checking out on the pod and you want to let me know why it's at NFL Clark. And I'm <laughs> and interested. Leave us a message. Oh, we're going to yeah. spin that right into our exit. Uh, subscribe I'm not on. You. I'm not mad at you. I'm just, I'm just yeah. curious. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Stitcher if you don't have iPhones or iPods or an Apple product. Um, and leave a review. If this episode, because of its just hilarity and fantasticness and quick real talk, dipping our toes into the political pool. If that whatever turns you off, uh, leave a message. Tell us. We want to know. If you loved it, if you're a new listener and you joined and now you're fully on board and you will only exclusively listen to us because we are perfectly predicting the playoff schedule, leave that in reviews too and some five stars. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at Pete M. Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. Nick at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. And... Don't forget, he made a quick guest appearance, and it was amazing to follow Jordan, Jordan underscore Smith 27 on the Tweeter sphere as well. We will be back at you on Thursday, slipping into your beautiful ear holes to talk week seven starts and sits. But until then, uh, peace.